0: Amy right here with Diddy TV. We have Michael and Tanya Trotter from War and Treaty. And we're so excited to have you in the studio today. The performance was awesome, so much energy. Um, and I have to start off by asking you a little bit, what's the love story?
1: Give us a scoop there. <laughs> There's gotta be a story. Well, we met at a love festival in Laurel, Maryland, and um, I was doing an event for kids, giving away backpacks and Things like that, and the young lady I was working for and with at the time, she had booked Michael for the performance, and I saw him perform, and that's how we met.
0: (laughs) That's awesome, and the rest is history. Now you write together, and
1: no, we don't write. Oh, you don't write together. I don't don't write with Michael. No one can write with Michael. He's an incredible writer, uh, prolific writer. Um, So he does all the writing for the War and Treaty.
0: Yeah. And so you, you know, you started out your musical career. You were in the military. Yes. And. And and you were discovered in the military. Someone said, wow, this guy needs to be making music his life. What was the story there?
2: Uh, Well, pretty much I was identified as like the weak link at the time. Uh, uh, Serving in 2003 through 07. And I was over in Iraq. And um, I was terrified, you know. um, And one of the the soldiers uh, who knew I loved music, told the commander, well, I think music can calm down, and so one of the captains of the unit took me downstairs in the fob where we were staying at, which was Saddam's palaces, and there was a piano there, and uh, I would spend my time down in the, in the basement uh, writing songs and, or trying to learn how to write and learn how to play the piano, and that commander, that, that captain that showed me where the piano was and eventually ended up getting killed, and I... Uh, it unlocked something in me emotionally that allowed me to be in tune and connect with the the piano in a way that um, I, I needed to connect at that time. And I would write songs from that day forward about the fallen, and that would be my primary position in the military, and so I'd go all the way around Iraq as far as I could in the day, sometimes in the week, and learn as much as I can about the fallen and write songs and perform those songs for military funerals, memorial services out in, in theater in the war.
0: Well, that had to be really emotional and also important for the families.
2: I mean, it, it, it was very important to the families, but I think more importantly, it was important to the soldiers because it, although this was a, a fallen brother of ours, um, the kind of music I was singing was more so uplifting and reminding uh, the soldiers about what made them fall in love with that soldier that perished. So it eventually became one of the main morale boosters uh, for one Infantry.
0: That's beautiful. And you had a different uh, background in how you got to where you, you are now. Yes. You're from D.C.
1: Yes, born and raised in Washington, D.C.
0: And uh, how did you get into music? How, what was your journey there?
1: Well, music was always around me. Uh, my mom was a, a singer from Panama, sang opera music and I grew up in a Baptist church in Washington D C where my brother would sing. Uh, For the best training. Where the ever best in training the church, ever is in the Baptist church. And you would have singers like Julius Cheeks and you know, I ended up singing with Donald Vales as a teen as a young person and just singing with the gospel greats around Washington D C and I ended mm-hmm. up uh, Getting a record deal by the time I was uh, 17, so well young. Yes, yeah, so I was very young and just moved on from there. Singing and, gospel or you no, know, I, I had an R&B career for about about seven eight years with the Polydor Island Records and I put out a record there. And went on to write for other artists like Shanice Wilson and um, worked with Puffy Combs and did the Panther soundtrack with a lot of R&B artists Angie Stone, In Vogue, all those big R&B acts. And then I kind of just stopped because I wanted to do a different style of music and did some off Broadway kind of things and uh, did a lot of acting and the movie sister act two with um, Lauren Hill and Whoopi Goldberg. And I wanted to do something different with my path, which was take all the music that I grew up listening to with the mom who, you know, listened to Calypso everything. music. Yes. Everything. Calypso, R&B, soul, gospel, Folk music, country music. I wanted to do it all. Classical. And classical music. And I, w- I went to school for um, classical music. I had a scholarship to Morgan State University for classical to study training. study voice. Voice. Yes. When you have a beautiful voice. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so it's really exciting that
0: you got together. Yes. And now you're melding all of those genres together in your music. Very upbeat, very energetic, but beautiful vocals. Thank Obviously, that seems to be core... To what you do Um how, do, how What is the process like For you to go through When you write a song So whether it's you Or it's You writing a song How, how does the band Get together To come up with The arrangement
2: Um I do it all By myself You hear in it in your room. head Yeah And uh, I do it wherever I I, I mean I, I'm always hearing Tune And everything Inspires me So Uh to be able to extract little nuggets from here or there and pieces together is the fun part. And, uh, what's not so fun sometimes is seeing how the music needs to, needs to apply in your own life. That's what makes it challenging, you know, and because not every song is about happy, happy, joy, joy. Some songs are about, uh, some of the laws of the land that need to change like Florida, uh, some songs are about some of the social injustices um, all the way around uh, in, in, in our race as, as human beings. You know But the, the joy of taking the position or having the posture that says, "This is for you," is, is very unique and very amazing. And I believe that that's what fuels this band because we're so open to feeling what everyone has to offer what everyone's going through, and very sensitive to knowing that um, that's a task and a responsibility to be able to, to sing and to give people hope and joy and peace and love. So um, that, that makes up the mission of the Warren Treaty, Tanya and I.
0: What are some of the social topics that you've, you've tackled in your songs?
2: Florida was one we began with uh, because of Trayvon Martin, Mm -hmm. the whole case with him and George Zimmerman and and that case in particular was painful uh, because once again it incited this kind of racial rift between one race, the human beings and things happen that incites that sort of division internally You know, I'm not a believer of this is the black race. You know, these are black people. It's the white race. These are white people. Uh, We both are firm believers that we all collectively belong to the human race. And things arise that makes you feel like you have to pick a side. And so, pretty much, we're against that. And uh, some of those same social injustices you know um, the wages for workers and uh, equal rights for women you know and uh, different, different people of different continents and stuff um, you know, those kinds of things arise and, and we we look at it as a whole and then we say you know what But what's the responsibility of someone who just sees love and then that message overrides. And we remind folk that uh, we are all one and the same and we have to bond and unify our human race and that's important.
0: How do you feel that music plays a role in getting that message out? Because um, in my opinion, sometimes music is a way for people to, uh, to come together and to maybe hear the message in a way that is a little more palatable to them. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there?
2: It, it it differs. I mean, everybody has a purpose, you know, uh, right. Charles was during the era where race music was powerful. Nina Simone, uh, you know, different people of the 60s, and they chose to sing songs uh, that really shed light on that kind of injustice. But then you go back in the 50s and you look at Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole was going through the same kind of injustice, if not worse, you know, um, I don't know if I ever read anywhere where Ray Charles had to sleep in a chicken coop, but I read that Nat King Cole did. And for Nat King Cole to remain in his position that I feel we can win if I just sing. If I sing songs about love and Mona Lisa and autumn leaves and unforgettable and I make people smile, you know, that's the way I fight. You know, you have to find out your fighting style. And when you find your fighting style, you have to find out if that style builds, sheds light, or divides. And I feel that that is what it boils down to. And we choose to uh, take on the same style as as if uh, we were Nat King Cole, you know, um, Again, because I I just, I fought for this country, and I didn't fight for one face, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I I didn't even fight uh, for the reasons that others fight. You know, I I was over there trying to befriend the Iraqis and make sure that they understood that, you know, we're not here to, to be evil Americans, but we're. I think it's all a misunderstanding and let's just talk and hold hands and shake hands and eat together and drink together and be married together. And that I got the most out of the war from that. That gets lost a
0: lot of times that, that message that we're all in the end we're all the same. Yeah. We have parents, brothers and sisters and friends yeah. and family, and we all share the, the same desires for a good life, yeah. no matter where you're from. Exactly. Yeah. That's
1: what I believe too. Yeah definitely and I you know to, to just piggyback on what you're saying we're all just really trying to experience what this life is all about you know as human beings I call it the, the human experience you know we're here to experience our families enjoy our families Michael and I were just talking yesterday about finding the time to enjoy life you know it's a culture I come from a Spanish culture so I'm it, and my father is from the Carolinas, so I grew up understanding the the importance of family. And somewhere along that line, you get lost with trying to get there. And I think that a lot of people are just trying to get there, and they're missing here. <laughs> you know? Live, live
0: yeah. in the here and now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: And and sort of back to something you said, I thought was very interesting. It's the um, you have to find your own fighting style. Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and everybody has a different fighting style. Some choose to be more um, maybe aggressive, and other people choose a path of love, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But you're getting your message across in a way that uh, works for you. Mm-hmm. And so the name War and Treaty, is that about that fight? Is that about uh, coming up with your <laughs> your fighting style, or what is the message behind War and Treaty? Well,
2: People will think the obvious. I mean, I've been to war, Mm -hmm. and um, being in love is a treaty. And you know, this the name has defined itself in several ways. You know, Mm -hmm. but again, um, we 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 recognize that there is a pull in life. Uh, There's a time and a place for everything, and you know, our our style of fighting is to. Take that same energy I would have to get upset and I would need to go into battle and take that energy and and apply it to how happy and how joyous life really is. Because no no one person at every second of the day is going through pain. Not one person in life. You know, but what we as human beings we've become extremely talented in finding out reasons to complain Mm -hmm. so the war and treaty is although there is a war in our lives there also is a treaty a point where we can agree
0: Mm
2: -hmm. but it ain't that bad
1: it's
0: not that bad Mm isn't it? it's not that bad and you guys are uh, I think living the dream that most musicians would want to live uh you put out an album, Down to the River.
1: Yes. And
0: uh, you've been touring on that album. And and what was that? What was that like putting out the first album? Uh, was Was it a, a fun process? Was it
1: Was it hard? Um, for me, it was a lot of fun. Um, just coming up with the concepts because we shot all our own music videos for that particular EP. Um, we were in a, a little town, Albion, Michigan, which it just felt like family. And Michael was just a writing machine at that time. Every day he would come up with new songs. So we would have like 30 songs, and we had to pick seven or eight of them. (laughs) That's a good problem. (laughs) So the good Mm. problem was we couldn't pick the songs. So it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of thought went into it. Um, A lot of creativity went into it. And a lot of heart went into it. It was a lot Mm. of guilt
2: for me. Mm. It wasn't fun. Mm. Not at all. Um, It was a lot of overthinking Mm -hmm. there's a lot of worry you know and about picking
0: uh, the the right songs or worry of
2: the songs that you chose are not going to be accepted Mm -hmm. feeling like they're too far out there or they're too far back or Mm -hmm. some of that moral injury of realizing that I survived to do what I'm what I love to do Mm -hmm. but my battle buddy did not you know a lot of a lot of that kind of thinking jumps in on person, especially with PTSD. So you're always thinking, you're overthinking, you're always thinking, like, what ifs.
0: Is the music therapeutic to you uh, from the standpoint of having PTSD? Do, do you, are you working through some of that when you're creating and writing?
2: I, I, I You know, it's, it's so funny because, no, um, it doesn't start working through me until it's done.
3: Mm-hmm. And when it's
2: over, it's like I, I let it sit for a bit, and I'll come back to it maybe some months later. Today yeah. on the way up here to Memphis, uh, I just had my headsets on, just listening to songs that I wrote maybe five or six, seven years ago, and going, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's clearing things up, you know. And uh, it it becomes therapeutic that way, and then it becomes really encouraging because you're like, wow, I did that. Mm-hmm you know so
0: yeah so you guys have another album you're working on yes. is there a working title for that album yet or it's yeah, actually it's, complete.
1: it's completed it's
2: completed <laughs> yeah it's going to be released august 10th yeah. and it's entitled healing tide and
0: the single is out healing, tide. healing yeah. tide okay healing yeah. tide, yes. and yeah. uh where did you record that album
2: in buddy miller's home oh, he produced it as well it's and the Americana King, and uh, mm-hmm. we have a, one special guest on there, uh, Amy Lou Harris. Yes, is singing congratulations! With us. Yeah, she's a, she's amazing. Is she amazing?
1: Mother. She is absolutely amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And recorded
2: the, in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah,
0: Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are some of the um, topics that we can look forward to hearing, in some of the songs that you wrote for that album?
2: The single "Healing Tide" is it. it, it Is the question. It's like, the chorus just says, uh, would you be a part of the healing tide? If there was this big old tidal wave that is going to come and rinse the world, do you want to be a part of that? Would you want that water to touch you? You know, and and then uh, we got songs in there called Hearts and If It's In Your Heart. It's pretty much dealing with the heart, the heart of it all. Mm -hmm. Tanya has a song in there called uh, Are You Ready to Love Me, Baby? It just, uh, Deals with someone just again asking that question, are you ready for me? Because I'm ready for you. And a lot of questions. Then the song on there, little. And sometimes
0: when you're ready for someone, they're not ready for you. That is true. That's very true. And so the timing is very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very that's a very interesting topic. Yeah.
2: Then we have a song on there that deals with how she was raised, called Little Newburn, going her grandparents stuff. So there's something on there for everyone. I I believe a lot of people, so far, have related to that song, Little Newburn. It Reminds them of innocence of their childhood when you yeah. say
1: yeah definitely yeah. i think everybody has something that they did in the summertime you know mine was going down to new bern every june you know and and we get picked up in september with our grandparents and cousins mm-hmm. and it's just a you know, southern culture you know, a it is. people that's what they do you know you get dropped at your you grandma's dro- house <laughs> and you stay there and until it's time there. to go back <laughs> to school you know and i think everybody has a little new bern. so when michael wrote that song I remember just crying, thinking about those wonderful memories that I had as a child. Mm. It sort of reminded me of Vacation Bible School. Yes, everybody yeah. went to VBS. Yeah, yeah, everyone went to VBS,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I probably should have. <laughs> I said it's part Mother's Day out, part religious yeah. training, yeah. Um, and little Kool-Aid. Yes. Always. Oh, I Kool-Aid. love yeah. it. <laughs> Well, I have to say, um, it's just been a pleasure talking to you both, and um, we appreciate the fact that you stopped by the studio today and shared with us your awesome music, and we can't wait for the new album uh, to come out, and we're looking forward to that, and we hope you come back. Thank you, thank Amy. You so much thank you so much for having
2: us, and thank you to everybody out in Diddy TV land for yeah. having us as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.